0: Welcome to the podcast, Restore Yourself, Restore Your Marriage, where it's all about discovering the thoughts that get you in the mood, the thoughts that get you out of the mood, and how creating a deeper connection with yourself creates a deeper connection with your spouse. I'm your coach, Shelly Anderson, coaching you through life, love, and intimacy. This is episode number 128 when you're not on the same parenting page. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. So today we are going to talk about something that has to do with parenting. Now, I realize that some of you who are listening don't have any children at all. Some of you have young children who require a lot of your attention. Some of you have teenagers at home And some of you have children who are already grown and have moved out of the house. But while we do cover a parenting issue in this episode, it is more about two people not seeing eye to eye on a specific topic. And that is something anyone in a relationship can relate to, whether you have children or not. Now the reason I wanted to discuss this topic is because it just happened to me. And it happened just a few days before Christmas when everything is supposed to be going well and everyone is supposed to be getting along, right? Well, it was until it wasn't. Now everyone faces ups and downs in their marriage and in their relationship, even life coaches. So I think it's important for you to know that I am right there in the same boat as you, where my natural human tendencies and old ways of thinking kick in, and I get stuck not moving forward in the direction that I really want. So guess what happened last week? For the first time ever, my kids got out of school pretty early for Christmas break way earlier than any other year prior to this. Usually they would get out on December 21st or 22nd, then we would start traveling for the holidays as soon as they got home from school. But this year they got out an entire week before Christmas. While we knew it was different, we didn't think too much about it, but it definitely took us out of our routine and out of what we were used to for the holidays. This means we were functioning just a little bit differently. The third day into the Christmas break is when things started to take a turn. My husband, Nick, wanted to take my son to run a few errands with him in the morning so that I could sleep in a bit and so they could spend some quality time together. While they were out, Nick bought our 15-year-old a hot chocolate And then they went to the store to buy him some special snacks for his allergies. Now, usually when this child wants some hot chocolate or wants some treats, we ask him to make a choice about the time of day that he would like to have it since the sugar affects his behavior in a negative way. He usually picks later on at night because he doesn't want the sugar to affect his behavior in a bad way, which would end up with him in his room much earlier than usual. This system has worked out pretty well for us, but we were in the middle of Christmas vacation and the system was not in place like it usually was. So this cute kid of ours was just going cuckoo by the time that they got home and I knew immediately that he had had some sugar. He was quite a mess the rest of the day, got into trouble, and went to his room early. His behavior negatively affected a few things that we were doing that day, which made me pretty mad. (laughs) Nick could tell I was angry and asked what was wrong. Here is where things really got interesting. I was feeling angry because I had a negative thought that kept going through my mind about the situation, almost like a broken record that just kept repeating itself. My negative thought wasn't about my son who chose to drink the hot chocolate so early in the morning, even though he knew he shouldn't. It was about Nick. I kept thinking the thought, He should know better. He's not helping his son. He's just making it worse for him and for everyone else too. So when Nick asked me what was wrong, I was able to tell him. I expressed my concern and my frustration. He quickly agreed with me and said he was sorry for giving it to him and that he had made a mistake and that it just didn't cross his mind. He also went on to say that he would be more mindful and more aware of it, especially during the break. Now, while we seemed to have resolved the issue, I was still mad and he could see it. And this led into a completely different discussion with him wondering why I was still mad when we had talked about it and resolved it. His question actually piqued my curiosity to a very high degree. I was swirling with anger, even in our resolution. But why? He straight out asked me if I wanted to keep talking about it just to make him look bad and make him feel worse and to just keep talking about it over and over. Is that really what I wanted? No, I didn't really want that. I didn't really want my husband to feel bad about a simple mistake, but there was still something there for me and I wanted to see what that was, but we had things planned for the rest of the day and we really needed to be walking out the door. We went about our activities, but I was still angry. All right. All right. It was finally time to do some thought work. So I decided I would need to increase my thought awareness. What specific thought was still lingering around in my head about that situation that was triggering me to feel so upset? Usually I feel so much better after a discussion and solving a problem, but I was feeling worse and I wanted to know why. When we are genuinely curious about ourselves and why we are doing something the way we are, our brain goes on an exciting mission to discover the reason behind it. And our brain really enjoys this type of self-discovery mission, and it wants to be successful, and it wants to deliver us the answer. So I really started to think back to our discussion and the hours and hours that passed by afterwards to see if I could discover any remaining thoughts. It took several attempts to find it over the course of the next two days, but I finally found it. My remaining thought was this. He can't rush me when we need to discuss things. (laughs) There it was. This thought was the trigger to my anger. But why was I so mad about that thought? It's because I was making it mean all kinds of things. One thought led to another and before I knew it, I was deep in the rabbit hole. I thought, who does he think he is? Oh, what, if I bring something up, there is a two minute limit, but if he wants to discuss something, it can last for two hours? What a hypocrite, who appointed him the decider of how long we are going to discuss things? I sure didn't, we never agreed on that. Is this topic of our child's diet not interesting enough for him? Is he too bored of it? Can he not last more than a two-minute conversation? Stop trying to be a Disneyland dad. Why don't you just get in the trenches and do the real work? Like thinking through things more and putting in some more real effort. Wow. Do you see what my brain was doing it was going off. It was going rogue, and that's what my brain did on autopilot when I didn't challenge my thoughts, challenge my course, or try to change. You the see direction. what I have to live with. <laughs> <sighs> These thoughts were full of blame, where I made my husband some kind of tyrant and myself the victim. No wonder I was feeling angry. So what did I do? First, I acknowledged what my brain was doing. I acknowledged that it was running on autopilot and that all of these thoughts were all optional thoughts and that no one was forcing me to think them of the billions of thought options possible in the universe. I was choosing these ones over other ones and since I didn't like those, I could choose different ones moving forward. This brought me a good sense of relief, but I knew that that was just the first step. So second, I decided to see if I could choose a new thought to think instead, or maybe I would create a new one from scratch. I usually really enjoy this process as it taps into the fun and creative side of myself. But I actually really struggled with it this time, as I reflected on how difficult it was for me to engage in that process. I did something that I absolutely love to do, and that is get spiritual. So the next day I left to run a final few errands by myself before the holiday festivities started. I got in my car and decided to pray about everything that was going on, especially the negative thoughts that I had been having. I prayed for help and that I would be able to come up with some new thoughts to think that were better and that would serve me and my marriage better. I tried to clear my mind so that the revelation would flow, but no new sentences were coming. Man, this was frustrating. I really love to get new thoughts to think from spiritual sources because they are usually very amazing, but nothing was coming and I was still struggling. Then out of nowhere, a still small voice whispered music. Now I want to really slow down here for a moment to really look at this in detail I was literally in the process of logically trying to create and compose new thoughts and sentences to replace the negative ones from before. And I think we would all agree that the single word music would not be considered a full thought or sentence, nor did I consider it to be the new thought that would work. But I did feel another shift in the heaviness that I was feeling. And I took that message to mean that I needed to listen to some music to lower my stress so that I could tap into my higher brain, think more clearly and then create a new thought. So I listened to some Christmas music for a bit and that was actually very helpful. And then I turned on a playlist. I created about two years ago called empowerment. Now this playlist is not too long, but it's got songs on there that make me feel alive, confident that it helps me feel energetic, motivated, creative, and intelligent. Man, those are some fun emotions to feel. I finished up my errands, eager to get back into the car to finish the whole process out. I prayed again, confident I would receive help in creating and crafting a more effective new thought. I was patient and I was attempting to create new thoughts and sentences, but nothing was sticking. I remained in prayer throughout the process. And then the still small voice came to me again and repeated the same word music. What? I already did that. And it did help. It felt amazing, and I felt totally ready to conquer creating a new thought, but music was the word that kept coming back to me. Now, most of you know that I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we believe in God the Father and in His Son, Jesus Christ, and in the Holy Ghost. And we believe that the Holy Ghost can help us receive personal revelation from God and His Son, and that He does so through a still small voice. And since I absolutely love this process of receiving revelation through him, I try not to put any limits on what he may be trying to tell me. So music, it was music was the answer. Music was my new thought and sentence. And now it was up to me to make it meaningful and to make it matter. Wow, what a fun adventure this would be! I had no idea what it meant quite yet, but I was so excited to find out how it would all unfold. I then put on a new album from one of my favorite bands and was in a state of total peace and happiness, even though I knew there was still more to solve. As I listened, I kept the word music in my mind as my new thought for the rest of my drive home. As I pulled into the driveway and walked through the front door of my house, a brand new thought then came to my mind, and it was this play Nick's favorite music. I instantly smiled because while there are some bands that Nick and I both really enjoy, There is also a ton of music where we are at total opposite ends of the music spectrum. When this thought came into my mind, I knew what it meant. It meant that I would play the album of a band that I was not too fond of, but one that he loved. I had never done this before. Usually if we played music in the living room or in the kitchen, it would be something that we both liked. So this was going to be awesome. I could hardly wait to see his reaction. I walked in, went right over to the speaker and queued up the music. He was pretty surprised and caught off guard. He wondered why I was doing it and what the catch was. But there was no catch. It was just him and me and the music and our kids, of course. Now, music wasn't solving our problem, but it was one step in the right direction that allowed me to continue the thought work process with much less stress, a clearer mind, and a deeper connection to Nick. I started making dinner, and he came over to me and just hugged me. We were close. We were committed to each other, even though things had been off for a few days. It felt wonderful. And that's the thing. When we do thought work, we feel better. We feel better halfway through cooking dinner. Some new thoughts finally started forming in my mind, the kind that I put together on purpose, the kind that I was able to create and craft. And it took me back to our original two minute conversation. And I started to really dive into the idea of a two minute talk and if there was value in that and I started to actually love the idea Us women and moms are busy. We have a ton of stuff to do all the time. How awesome it could be to know that some problems could be solved quite quickly, like in two minutes. How awesome would it be to free up our mental space by not taking two hours to solve something that could take way less time? What if on some topics, two-minute talks are way more effective than the longer ones? As I was really challenging my original opposition to our two-minute talk, I started to realize some things that maybe I hadn't done so well in that conversation either. Did I have any compassion for the fact that we were way off our normal routine and that it's easy to forget things or get a few things wrong in that situation? No, I didn't. Did I forget that my husband is a human and not a robot and that it's normal for him and me and everyone to make mistakes? See what I get to deal with? (laughs) I did forget that. I was expecting some kind of husband who remembers every single thing, every single word, every single day, every single minute, every single second and never make a mistake. Oh my heck. Did I expect the same thing of myself? No, I wasn't. I was thinking he was a hypocrite and I was behaving like one myself, but I was really loving these new thoughts and they filled me with so much eagerness for the future to see what topics can be satisfactorily solved within two minutes. We sometimes don't realize that our husbands are often much more motivated to comply with our requests when we don't try to make them feel worse than they already do. But us wives can also feel more motivated to agree to things when we feel heard. So being able to discover which topics merit short talks and which subjects merit longer talks can be extremely useful. But let's not just dismiss the power of a two-minute talk because we might be assuming that longer talks are always better. We could always try on a two-minute talk for something and see how it works, knowing that if it really merits more time, we can give it more attention later on. But we can always try it on. Trying on a two-minute conversation feels so much better than thinking your husband is some kind of superficial tyrant with no backbone. So much better. Now we all face situations like this in our relationships where we don't see eye to eye and then our brain goes down a dark and dreary rabbit hole. But let's see if this next week we can try something different and more effective. Let's see if we can use a life coaching approach that incorporates a spiritual approach to our thought structure and our sentence structure. Let's try to increase our awareness of the original thought that causes our suffering, pray for help with our thoughts, listen to music to lower our stress levels, and then get to the work of creating and crafting new thoughts to think on purpose and let's not be afraid to try on a two-minute talk to see what we discover in the process knowing that for certain subjects it is way more effective because remember the more you restore this type of intimacy with yourself the more you restore it with your spouse thank you so much for listening today and we hope that you will join us again next week